Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship Weekly Podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from Lead Pastor Jamie Miller. All right, we had a load of people go on different trips this year in 2016, and we're going to We've got a bunch of stuff happening next year and uh, excited to see what all the Lord is going to be doing as we continue to move forward in this dream that God's given us to be a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church for the glory of God and the joy of all peoples all around the world. So that's, that's who we are. It's what we're trying to do. And so today we're in the third part of an Advent series. I do want to just say I was surprised this morning when uh, Pastor Larry Mouton was here in the first service, and many of you know, we got to hear him in the summer. We've traded pulpits several times. Um, he uh, was the pastor of Pleasant, uh, Pleasant Mount Gilead Missionary Baptist Church in Como, and is uh, now moving to Tampa, Florida. Um, in fact, his son is here. I, don't, I think his daughter was in first, first service, but um, man, we just... It's an interesting thing. I just want to highlight what God does in relationships because we share the same life and the Lord used our friendship. He was my best friend pastor in the city of Fort Worth. And the Lord used that friendship to help other people become friends and things in the city of Fort Worth. So I just wanted to, even though he's not here, I wanted to honor uh, Pastor Mouton as he goes to uh, Tampa. And I just believe he's going to have a great impact for the glory of God there. Okay, so we're in part three of the Advent series. So if you would stand for the reading of the Word of God. This is James chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. As, as I finish this, I will say this is the Word of God, and you say thanks be to God. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Y'all have a seat. Awesome. So, Advent series, The Light Has Come, part three. And we are given extra attention to the tension between the Lord coming in the flesh, being born of a virgin Mary, between Him coming and redeeming us, dying on the cross, being raised on the third day by the power of God, exalted to the right hand of God, and coming again. So we live in this, we live in this tension of Him coming and Him coming again. And so we want to uh, learn to live rightly before the Lord. I'm, I'm uh, reading during this series from the Revised Common Lectionary. I said a couple of words about that last week, but just as a reminder, we're joining with churches all around the world. Millions and millions of believers are reading some of these very same passages today in churches that church started wherever the timeline is, out in the ocean somewhere, islands, Australia, New Zealand, Asia. You get the point I'm trying to make. I'm, I'm 
losing the capacity to actually do that, but at the time we're joining with all the brothers and sisters around the world doing that very thing. And so there's an Old Testament reading we'll get to in a minute. We just had a New Testament letters reading that we just did from James. There's a gospel reading and there's a psalm reading. We'll just touch on the gospel, just touch on the psalm, but we're going to read uh, the, the Old Testament in its, in its fullness this morning. The Old Testament passage. <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> Pull up a chair. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to talk a little bit, and you guys are going to shout me down, but I want to talk about how to wait today. Just, uh, woo! How to wait. Isn't that, come on, preach it. That's right. You know, uh, because we all have to wait. It's just a part of life. Delays, trials, hard things, things that didn't work out the way we thought it would work out, things that, that it's just taken longer than I thought, things that are like, is this you, God? Are you involved? Are you, have, are you here? And so I want to start by just telling a, a story. The most significant thing that happened in my life this past week was uh, going to a funeral. And a uh, funeral of uh, two of my dear sisters who are seated here, Lindy Pinkston and Lexi Tubbs, and their brother, Ty Lovell, who actually used to be a worship leader year, here years ago and is a pastor in Amarillo now. But, uh, you know, their mom, uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful day. I mean, it's just a beautiful funeral. It's because there's something about somebody who's lived their life for Jesus, lived flat out for the glory of God, and then at a, at a funeral where some people in an hour and a half or whatever are trying to say some words, and it's like you get this super distilled, condensed version of she loved God. It was a life well lived. She was she had the gift of hospitality, the spiritual gift of encouragement. I mean, just big time. And just hearing the stories, then like somebody eloquently said, there could be a thousand stories of how she impacted you know, so many lives. I was certainly one of those for many, many years. And many of the church here has been impacted by by Olita and by Lynn, um, precious, uh, and, and we have shared in the joy of the the way that that God has poured into Ty, uh, Ty's life and Lindy's life and Lexi's life through their their parents. It's been a great benefit to the church here. At one point, uh, several people said she had a way of making you feel like you were her favorite. And Rick Ashley, who's the pastor, the minister over there at the Hills, stood up and said. Olita had this unique ability to make 50 different preachers feel like they were her very favorite preacher. I was smiling at that point because about four or five weeks ago, uh, Olita was, was here, sitting right there where Lindy is. And, and, uh, and I'd reached down, I'd given her a hug, and I said, I'm so glad you're here today. And she pulled me close and she said, oh, I love being here. I love being at Christ Fellowship because I love hearing you preach. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I'm her favorite, you know. <laughs> and she could do that. Another serendipity of that time is that when you get together and you haven't, it pulls together people that you haven't seen in a long time. And I was literally running late, Shelly. Presley was trying to take me to a seat, and then I saw Todd and Jackie. I actually said I was going to sit with them, and, and I was running a little bit behind. And uh, 
so I was just trying to get in my seat. I saw them and I said, Shelly, go ahead. I'm going to pull in here. And I got in and I, all of a sudden, Brandon Preston stands up to give me a hug. He's seated right beside me. And Brandon, was in, he was one of our first elders here. And then beside him was Brent Mitchell and giving, him, giving Brent a hug. Brent was uh, also, the, the three of us were the first elder team at Christ Fellowship. Brent left in 06 to go plant a church in Honolulu, Hawaii. And now he's a pastor on staff at Trinity uh, Fellowship in Amarillo. And, and so gave him a hug, gave Vicky a hug. Mindy Landreth stands up, was also part of that team, and gave Mindy a hug. And it was just too many people. I waved at Nan, her mom, and said, I'll hug you later. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm sitting there, and just so many awesome things are being shared from the front. And all of a sudden, I have this thought go through my head that I'm sitting beside these three, these other two really precious brothers. That I, it's the first time we've been physically together since 2006 when you guys left, Connor and Lindy left with them to go plant that church in Honolulu. You know, it was just, and you can see, I could see how God had blessed Brent's life and all the things he'd done in Honolulu and Trinity and Amarillo. I'd see how God had blessed Brennan's life. He serves up with, uh, he's in business, but he also serves as a leader at Gateway up in Southlake, you know, and so, this blessing and and it hit me that you know life and this is important is like a story and it helps if you see your life like a story that it's not just uh, every now and then the plot thickens let me put it that way the plot thickens it's it's there's it's even if you could look back at your life and you were reading it like a story you would go no 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 don't do no oh there's tension there ah. Oh. How are they going to get out of that? Right? It reads like, oh, no, no, don't walk away. No, that's going to take years to get that fixed. Oh, tension. Right? And so it's really important for us to under, because it helps us to understand that life really is like that. And things don't always work out the way we thought they would. And there's waiting involved. Okay? So. The main thing I'm trying to say this morning is, is this. God wants to encourage us in how to wait as we live in the tension between Jesus coming and Jesus coming again. So let's look at a few of these passages. Let's, let's talk about waiting. <laughs> I was forced. <laughs> okay, so number one. In Advent, we remember to wait with patience. So we just read that passage from James Waiting with it's be patient, be patient, be like the farmer, be patient, be patient and stand, be patient, don't grumble, you know, be patient. The Lord, He's He's in on all of this, you know. Be careful how you live while you're waiting. Be patient. And from time to time, I get requests for different kinds of preaching. Somebody will say, Hey, we need a we need something focused on the college or Hey, let's preach about marriage. You know, there's some marriages that are hurting. We need, we need help there. Or preach something about parenting. Or, or Jamie, preach through Ephesians again. And I'm always like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll preach through Ephesians again. <laughs> My favorite book. You know, but, you know, I just, I'm trying to think. Let me just think real back again. I can't remember many requests for sermons on patience. Hey, could you preach something on patience? I'm kind of struggling here on this one. Which is interesting because, I mean, it is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Patience. 
Patience, fruit of the Spirit, it's number four on the list, I might add. You know, it's the mumbled fruit. Uh, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Maybe self-control is probably up there too. I know a lot of times it's been like, you know, I, I, think, I think in terms of eight fruit of the Spirit, I don't, don't always get to the self-control. It's, it's in there. There's nine, just so you know. Nine. So some of the ways this word is used in the New Testament, enduring of evil, fortitude, slowness of avenging injuries, long-suffering, forbearance, clemency. James 5.10 is patient expectation. So, and he compares this patient expectation to a farmer. Okay, so farmer is, whenever I do the farming illustrations, I have to just do a disclaimer because you guys know that I wasn't raised on a farm. How many were? Do we have some? Okay, single, yeah, single digits. Okay, so you guys understand more than maybe the rest of us, but think about it. A farmer, he tills the ground, he, he uh, puts some seed down. I know there's probably a, <laughs> there's other stuff. See, everybody's laughing. So he tills the ground, he puts some seed down, he probably does some other stuff like some fertilizer or something, but, but then he's standing there and there's like, it's God time. You know, he's waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. He's looking to, for God to do something that only God can do. You know, and a lot of life is like that. We can be involved. We can be intentional. We can be engaged. We can do the stuff we need to do. You know, and then we're just, God needs to move. You know, and it's, I mean, it's that way for me in trying to lead sometimes and trying to serve as a leader in the church. It's like, yeah, I want to see some great things happen. But then there's a whole bunch of God stuff that only God can do in lives. It's like being a farmer. So I've heard, <laughs> you know. But he, he goes on and he says, and then be patient and stand. Be patient and stand. Which, you know, we want to be intentional followers of Jesus. We want to follow the Lord. And that, that is following. That's doing what He says. But did you know that a lot of times when you've just done everything, Really, standing is actually an expression of something that God wants you to do. So Ephesians, again, referring back to my favorite letter in the New Testament, Ephesians, it finishes. This whole incredible letter finishes with, okay, now stand. The whole thing gets done. Watchman Nee wrote a famous uh, little commentary on it. Sit, you're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Know who you are. Walk. Walk worthy in a manner worthy of the Lord. And when you've done everything, when all kinds of attacks of the enemy come against you, when you think you're going to give up and you've done everything that you can do, stand there. Stand your ground. Don't give up. Wait in patience. With patience. So stand. Like, so be patient and stand. Don't, don't just give up. Don't abdicate. Don't quit. Don't leave the scene. Stand in there. Hang in there. And there's, there's stuff beyond that. This too shall pass. That's, that's why the story thing is like, Steve, make, I'm making this up, obviously. <clears throat> Steve was a great guy and um, he had some hard things happen in his life and only hard things ever happened again and again and then the story's over. It doesn't work like that. Hard things happen, and then there's a new day. There's a new chapter. There's always hope 
in God. There's always a new chapter. There's always time for us to hope in God. And, there's, and that's part of what is so powerful about remembering that Jesus came, but that Jesus is coming again. And he goes on there and he says, don't grumble. Because what is the temptation that we're faced with when we're going through hard stuff? To describe it. To talk about it. To elaborate. Let me give you an exposition of what's actually going on here in my life. This is hard. This is, this stinks. This is, you know, just that, that, that thing starts happening. So, um, I have no idea. This is maybe an apocryphal story about Grandpa, but I'm going to tell it. Um, Grandpa's in the kitchen, and he gets some Limburger cheese on his big mustache. Some Limburger cheese. Anybody know what Limburger smells like? Okay, it smells. He's like, what in the world? This kitchen, this kitchen stinks. Going out in the living room. Like, the living room stinks. Goes outside on the front porch. Why, the whole world stinks. And the point is that it's like it doesn't take long for things to start taking over if that becomes our frame of reference. You know, grumbling, looking, you know, it, it, and yes, we all have to wait. We all have delays. We all have trials and things that happen in our lives. And the cool thing is we get different phases of life where we can work these truths out. So, so uh, parents, let's say, parents have these opportunities. They get a vision. They get little, little Susie comes into the world and she's cute, you know, and it's just awesome. And then they, they're, they're a little kid and you start going, I want to see this little kid raised up to be an on-fire, sold-out, zealot, Jesus-loving, God's love-giving, Holy Spirit-filled, theologically correct and everything. Uh, just an all-around great person, servant who just gives themselves on behalf of others in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. Okay, so there's some steps in between that vision and this realization, right? And so some of those steps are like they're waiting things. Like you'd like for them to obey all the time, right? But you gotta, you got to help them along the way. There's got to be some consistency and some discipline coming into their lives, right? Um, uh, you, you get up here to about fifth grade, and then, you know, th- that, that's a new era. You know, some things are happening there. Middle school, is it, that's a new era. High school, new era. College, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I remember, I remember just when Emily goes to college, and we're talking with her more than ever. You know, just like, this is hard, you know, playing basketball or whatever. So it was still a lot of life and input and parenting. And you've got to have a vision for that that says, I'm going to endure. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be long-suffering. I'm going to love them. I'm going to help them. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to shape them. I'm going to model for them. I'm going to discipline them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to speak life to them. I'm going to prophesy over them. I'm going to have verses for them. I'm going to pray that they would be a mighty man or a mighty woman of God. All of that, you know, and then we do that consistently over time and it takes patience. So we wait with patience. But that, that's an example of what that looks like. The second piece in Advent, we remember not only to wait with patience, but I'm going to take these next two points, the last two points from Isaiah 35. 
So let's do this reading together here. Isaiah 35, verse 1. And this one is waiting with joy. We remember to wait with joy. Look for joy in this passage. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come and He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped and the lame leap like the deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool and thirsty ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow and a highway will be there and it will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. That's good news. And it's a prophetic word. It's a prophetic word about the coming and the coming again of the Lord. So we wait with joy. And the picture here is that we wait with joy in the middle of the desert where the crocus blooms. Now it's interesting that there are some aspects of beauty that you can only see in the midst of hard things. Now, no, we never choose that for each I, I wouldn't choose that for you. I wouldn't choose it for me, honestly. You know, I mean, there was a time maybe when I was really young and zealous and had veins in my neck all the time because I was always fired up about something. And, you know, and I always thought I'd, you know, just take a bullet for Jesus, you know. And I don't know, that was kind of my thing. I, it's weird, isn't it? But so but as I've gotten older, I've realized, you know what? I don't know that I really like suffering. I, I, I don't like it. I've gone through a lot of stuff. There's the cross. There's the cross in walking this way and following Jesus. I mean, and so, but I, at the same time, I recognize that there are things that I've only learned and tasted about the goodness of God because I've gone through hard times. I wouldn't choose it, but God works good through it. That's why He says, count it all joy when you go through these things. When you face trials of many kinds because you're growing up. It's developing maturity and perseverance, patience. That's how James starts his thing off. Romans 12, be joyful in hope and patient in affliction. Or Romans 8, you know, when you go through hard stuff, there's a promise there that no matter if it's your choice or somebody else's bad choices or the evil or the devil or the demons, that God is going to work good in the midst of that. He will never let you go. He's got you. You know, that... Nothing, not even death itself can separate you from the love of God that is pouring out on your life in Christ Jesus. And it's just, woo, you know, that's, that's good news. So the, the, the call there is to wait with joy. You know, even when we're going through the desert, 
It's a wait with joy thing. And the promise at the end is, and gladness and joy. So you're walking on this road with Jesus, and even when you're going through hard stuff, the promise is that joy and gladness are coming up behind you, and they got you. You know, that's a great promise. You know, that joy and gladness are coming, and they're going to, you know, and so chances are, if you're like a human being, you've experienced both sides of this. You know, the joy part, you ever done it well? Like, remember that time when you did it well? Isn't that awesome? And then there's those other times where I did it crummy. Did it crummy. I, I, I didn't wait with joy. I waited with sorrow. I waited with de- depression. I wait, you know, and I've just, it's terrible. I, you know, I've got some pictures, you know, in my, in my own mind of, you know, when you're, when I've, the, 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 the uh, picture that I've used before is when it's really, really bad. And I've only used this a couple times. But just to let you know, I'm letting you in on my world. And the picture I've used a couple times is being on the rack, like a medieval ancient torture device where they, they lock your hands and then start making it tighter and tighter. Chink, chink, chink. And just going, God, I don't know if I can handle one more crank of the wheel. This is so hard. Anybody ever felt like that? Um, you know, and, and, and I'll just say this too. It's, if you get enough pressure on you, the word to wait with joy, if you get enough pressure on you, it makes it hard. It, it, it really does. You find out what's on the inside of you if you live long enough and go through enough stuff. Um, I was just this morning, Pastor Larry was, you know, leaving, and, and I'm literally there worshiping, and I've got this. This thing that happens in me, it's totally irrational because there's lots of people here right now, but it's this fear about being alone. And when key people have left in my life, it's exposed that. You know, and just it's I know Jesus needs to heal it, and I'm praying that he does. I want to listen to him. I'm looking at Heidi because she does listening prayer. I want to, I want to, but but I'm just being honest. You know, that's you're like, oh, that's a weird fear. Maybe you have your own. It's the fear stuff that gets exposed. And that's why we need the next piece of this. So it's wait with joy. And the second piece of this thing is wait with courage. You know, don't fear. Wait with courage. Let's read this from the, uh, the message translation here. Um, got it written here as well. Energize limp hands. Strengthen the rubbery knees. Tell fearful souls, courage, take heart. God is here, right here, on His way to put things right and to redress all wrongs. He's on His way and He'll save you. Now, we say this in all kinds of different ways. We say, take courage. Be strong and courageous. Have faith in God. Believe. Don't give up. And we encourage each other and we need each other. We, we can't do it alone. We, we really do. We need each other. And... Uh, you know, it's one of the things I was hearing just even as just at the, that funeral last Tuesday was just how well, one, Olita was able to just walk out the journey with people around her. It was powerful, the testimony. And at one point, Rick actually, again, the, the pastor there, um, he, he had been talking about Olita, but he started talking about Lynn for just a second. And and he said, Lynn, I want to just tell you what you've meant too in this whole journey. And he pulls out a little 
business card. You can tell it was a business card. And he holds it up. And he said, you gave me this over 20 years ago. And it said, Rick, I'm praying for you that you will have courage and that fear will not rule in your heart. He said, Lynn, I want to thank you for praying for me. I've carried this card with me for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sermons right here over all these years. And a lot of you guys may not know what all that Rick's been able to lead that church through. I mean, it's been you know lots of transition and change. things don't... I was sitting there looking around going, this doesn't look like the way it used to look in here. Not physically, not worship-wise, just... Just the spirit, just it was powerful. But it's a this is part of waiting. Waiting with courage. Waiting where our hearts don't get just dissipated and just completely down and we want to abdicate or give up. It means trusting in the Lord that He is good. And you know, Lexia Meeks is a friend who lives in Indianapolis, and she was preaching here one time. She was a missionary, had been a missionary to Sri Lanka, helped to plant church, churches there. But while she was there after the tsunami in Sri Lanka, her, she gets word that her mom had died. And I mean, she was devastated. I, I, there, there's more to that story. I, think, I forget how, how all the details, but it was, she was devastated. And she was just saying, I remember something that Kevin Johnson had said to me was to button my top button first. And that button is God is good. God is good. Because if you don't get that button button first, you can get, you know, your shirts on, but it's the buttons are kind of wonky, you know, because you're thinking about others. You start with God's good, trusting that God is a good God. And he loves us in the midst of times while we're waiting. And so even when we can't see the end of the story, still believing. That that's take courage. The, the Lord's coming. And this is the sign of the Lord's coming. The eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf open, unstopped. The, the lame will leap. Streams in the desert. Water in the wasteland. All of that's coming. We're not going to read the whole passage from Psalm 146, but the idea in Psalm 146 is to trust in God. Put your hope in God, the God of Jacob. Your help is on the way. And he gives these supporting statements to God's help coming. He's faithful. He upholds the cause of the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. Sets the prisoner free. Lifts up those who are bowed down. And that's who God is. That's who God is. And so He calls us in our times of delay. In our times of trial. In our hard times. To have patience. To have joy. To have courage. And, and I want to finish with this because this may be the hardest one of all. And that is to keep looking to Jesus. Just to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. You know, when you really get in it, in our, our final reading, and just if you can put that up, just a few verses, just enough to tell the story from Matthew 11, verse 2 and following. John the Baptist, this is John the Baptist. Okay, just. We're who we are. We've got a measure of faith. But this is, this is John the Baptist. Hadn't been born anybody greater than John the Baptist. you know. And that's what Jesus ends up saying about him. It's John the Baptist. But John's in prison and things aren't looking the way he thought they were going to look, right? Anybody ever been in this place? Like, I wasn't expecting prison. Or I wasn't expecting 
this marriage to be like this, or I wasn't expecting this delay. I wasn't expecting this situation with my parents, fill in the blank, my job, etc., whatever the thing is. And we can even be tempted to say, Lord, are you even in this? Right? Lord, are you here? Like John's sitting there, I'm in prison. I thought I would be like ministering with him until we grew old. I thought we would be doing stuff. I thought he would be like taking names and the religious re kind of reframing everything with the Romans kind of redoing that whole deal. I thought he would be like doing stuff and this isn't looking anything. Me in prison, about to get, you know, maybe lose my life. This isn't looking like what I thought. His disciples go and ask Jesus, and what does Jesus say? He says, Go and tell John what you see and hear. And he goes through a list of the things that we've just read from Isaiah 35. The lame are going to walk. The lame are walking. The deaf can hear. The blind can see. The dead are raised. The prisoners are set free. So it's Isaiah 35 being lived out. It's Psalm 146 being lived out. It's Isaiah 61 being lived out. When God comes, this is what it's going to look like. And Jesus goes, I'm here. And this is what's happening. And in the midst of whatever waiting situation we find ourselves in, eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. It will shape our lives in a completely new and awesome way. It's the truth. So, the most powerful thing for me on, on that day, last, last Tuesday, and, and there were so many things, but this was just, it undid me, was this great communicator named Jenny New, who I've not met, but wow, she did just an awesome job. But she was loving... Olita, especially pastorally, just down the stretch for the last eight or nine months. And on one particular occasion, uh, Lynn and Olita, Lynn was there in the hospital room visiting, and Jenny was there. And Lynn leaves, and Olita pulls Jenny close and said, I want to see Jesus. I, I want to see Jesus. And and when she told that story, and, she, and Lynn came back in, Alita doesn't say anything, but that's what's in her heart. That's how she's navigating the trial, right? And so, you know, for us, you guys, no matter what happens, no matter, you know, I, I want us to hear that word that Jesus Christ is who he claimed to be. That this Jesus who comes as a baby and lives his life as a sinless, expression of absolute dependence on God. This is what the Father looks like. These are His words. These are His actions. This is what God is like in the flesh. And then He goes to the cross and He just takes our humanity to the grave. That first Adam, that brokenness, and that's in all of our lives. And then on the third day, He is raised a new creation by the power of God and brings us with Him into that life. He walks on the earth for 40 days and then He is ascended to the right hand of God. But praise God, even in the midst of our tension, we look to Jesus who is coming again in power and in glory. And it's going to be awesome. So in the midst of our waiting, in the midst of the tension, we wait with patience. We wait with joy. And we wait with great courage with our eyes fixed on Jesus. And there's no greater call that I could make than to look to Him today. It could be a re-up if you've been away. Or it could be, I want to I wanna walk even more with Him. This is our life. Our very life. So stand up.
Amen. Let's respond to God. Lord, would You just work, move in our midst today in the name of Jesus? Because, you guys, remember life is a story. And we're all at different places in the plot of our own lives as individuals and families. And we're all waiting in one way or another. And so God wants us to respond to Him. God wants us to look to Jesus. He wants us to have courage and joy and and wants us to have patience as we wait. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, would You just, in this common need that we all have, when we face trials, delays, setbacks, Lord, would You help us? Would You help us to look to You right now? In the name of Jesus. Yeah, I just want to say, and again, if you're visiting, we do this at the end of every service. So the, the front will fill up, but just get prayer. If you're going through something and you need to get prayer, please get, just ask somebody to pray for you. They will. If the front fills up, just ask somebody close by. Maybe you came with somebody. Just say, hey, would you pray for me? And let's just, this could be the most important part of the whole day right here. The change that happens in hearts right now. So be somebody who's coming looking to Jesus, turning to Him. Amen, Lord. Meet us. Be bold, you guys. Go for it. Let Him help you through the delay, through the trial. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus.